I'm Jose Mejia with EXP Realty, and I'm joined by Jonathan Perez, also EXP. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So, hey guys, we're doing our first uh, video podcast, um, and we're going to continue doing some of these shows. Uh, we're excited to really kind of put some very transparent and helpful information out there for people. We're not going to hold back. Jonathan and I agree to that, right? That's right. It's going to be nothing but truth. And uh, you're going to get the kind of raw side of us a little bit. So <laughs> what you see is what you get when you meet us in person. And, and I am going to apologize in advance, sort of, for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're, you know, we decided to put this podcast out there because, you know, we obviously want to put some, con you know, some content, uh, some information out there. Um, a lot of cases, Jonathan and I will, will do home buying seminars uh, throughout the Tampa Bay area. Uh, but the, the problem is that we don't always have the opportunity to um, do them, you know, on a monthly basis. And we're trying to reach uh, people who can't attend to those home buying seminars, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, we actually want to just show, um, you know, people who we are uh, through this and actually educate because, you know, a big thing that we focus on. Uh, at the Jose Mejia team is really educating the buyer through the, the process of home buying. And right. um, the more we can empower you, uh, it's actually better. And we feel good about the work that we've done, you know, pushing that. So. Right. That's right. So, you know, one of the things that Jonathan and I discussed uh, that we were going to do the video on was like, hey, we're entering a brand new year, right? It's 2020. Right. And uh, we just got past that Christmas season, which feels like months ago yeah. and uh you know what happens during christmas season right jonathan is we yeah. all start spending money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and sometimes we spend this money and we don't know exactly how that might be affecting us uh in terms of our credit scores especially true if we're actually thinking about buying a house here in the in the near future right that's right. Um, you know, Christmas is definitely one of those big times where we want to just make everyone happy. And a lot of times we do that through buying gifts. The problem is a lot of us, guilty, don't have <laughs> all the funds <laughs> to right. do that. So we end up putting a lot of things on credit cards and, um, you know, just stacking up that debt saying, you know, we'll pay it off during, you know, next year and we'll use the, the tax money or something to pay off those things. So that's actually going to kind of lead us and segment us into talking about our uh, our topics for today that's right so a lot of us are sitting there in the middle of january just waiting for our employers knocking at the doors waiting for those w-2s and um, illegally they actually have until the end of january uh to issue those w-2s to people um and so in the month of february all of us we go knocking on the door to uh, all these different tax accounting places to have them do our taxes so that they could tell us hey you know, how much do you think I'm getting back? Right, Jonathan? That's the, the, the <laughs> smile on the face. <laughs> say, how much was that again? How much? Right. So, um, and so we're here to talk about, you know, uh, the tax money when you do get it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very uh, normal for us to start mentally already kind of planning what we're going to spend that money. Uh, whether it be something away from buying a house or actually for something that involves buying a house, right? Right. And we're, we want to educate people to take like the proper steps of like, man, you know what? Uh, let's think about these things. Let's take it baby steps at a time and make sure that you're making, you know, the right decisions 
um, so that you can plan yourself um, and put yourself in the best position possible uh, when it comes to uh, getting a house. So uh, one of those things that Jonathan and I, that you and I discussed were like, man, you know what? Well, let's rewind here for a second. What is the most important thing um, that may apply to a majority of people? And you and I just talked about what? What's the first thing? That they would <laughs> say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I talked about like, you know, when someone's going to enter or think about buying a house, in reality, they've been buying thinking about it already. Right, uh, right. And a lot of cases, we've racked up a lot of debt, which has yes. caused our credit scores to go down, right? Yes. That's a big, big thing that the utilization rate of the balances, they could bring your scores down almost significantly, like 40, 50, 60 points, right? Right. And that weighs heavily on your power to purchase a, uh, a home. Exactly. So if your goal is to purchase a home this year, these are things that you really have to pay attention to, especially when it comes to getting that tax money. When you do get your refund, now the big question of today is going to be, I just got my tax refund, Jose. I just got <laughs> 3000 4000 1500 whatever it is. What do I do? Exactly. And that's a good question because, you know, as people are listening to the show, there's going to be a spectrum of people, right? Some people yep. already have a pretty decent credit score. Uh, there are some people that have a terrible credit score, right? And they do have the proper attentions to put themselves in a good position uh, to be able to qualify for a house or qualify for a mortgage at some point in the near future, right? Whatever that person's time frame is going to be. Correct. And I think that is a key thing to talk about is the time frame uh, that that can vary depending on who the person is. If it's an immediate thing, if the person needs to be in a home, uh, you know, and they want to start looking for a house during the summertime, which everybody else is at that time too, um, then the advice that we probably give can really kind of vary, right? So, sure. So let's talk about that. And this, you know, some of the things that we'll probably give advice on is really not um, in any kind of specific order, uh, but it's just more random stuff. So one of the things that you and I just talked about was revolving balances. And when I say revolving, we're talking about credit cards, right? You yeah, you're breaking up a little bit when you were when saying that. Okay, so sorry about that. So you can hear me better, right? Nope, you losing me? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm losing you. Just having a couple technical difficulties. There we go. <laughs> we I usually, you know, when you're recording these things, technologies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> technology's right. never perfect. Yeah. You know, we have these hiccups on okay. <laughs> live and uncut. I'm catching you now. Can you okay. hear me? All right, good. Okay, I got you. So the credit cards is something that we tend to utilize during the Christmas season. We rack up these balances. And that's a very important thing because of the utilization rate, right? Right, right. And you and I both know that when these balances go up, the scores go down. Can you explain utilization rate for anybody who's not familiar? Great question. Uh, so utilization rate. Um, you have a certain amount of credit limit, right? Whether it be in a combination of two credit cards, three credit cards. And let's say that between those three credit cards, you have the ability to borrow, right? Uh, let's say 
$1,000. Let's say you have three different credit cards. Each one is about, you know, 300, let's say, right? More or less. Okay. And let's say you total up to $1,000 between those three credit cards. And then during Christmas season, you just couldn't stay away from buying a couple of Nintendo Switches. <laughs> a couple, not one. <laughs> and then you racked up a balance total between the three credit cards of $800, right? Right. So do the math. What's eight, 80, 800 divided by 1,000, or what's the percentage of that? 80%. Okay. So we're at 80% of the amount of money that you can borrow, which that alone in itself is a reason for your credit scores to drop. That's the credit utilization rate. Okay. Mm, got it. So the question becomes, well, um, what is it that I need to bring it down to? Right. And the rule of thumb, and you can Google this stuff out there cause it's out there is you want to drop it to at least 30% of what you're able to borrow. And so what's that math? $300. $300. That's correct. And then what you're going to see is that when you get to $300 or 30% of the credit utilization rate, then your scores start increasing. And you can actually take it even further than that. If you bring it down to 10%, then your scores go up a little bit higher, right? So mm -hmm. if you're really trying to maximize the total points of what you can earn, ideally, you just want to pay the stuff off. To a zero balance or... To a zero balance, I would say, yeah. There's some circumstances where some people will say, well, leave a balance on it. And I actually give advice to, you know, our clients to leave a small balance, like five bucks, 10 bucks, right? Sure. Uh, but in the perfect world, if you just want to, you know, be done with it, then you pay it at the zero balance. You keep the credit card open. Definitely don't close it. Keep it open. And, um, and you'll see those credit scores increase. Now, when you say um, you're going to see the credit score increase, if I have a, a 580 credit score, um, what exactly am I trying to increase this to? That's a great question. So if you have a 580 credit score, uh, the question becomes, well, um, what type of financing option are you trying to accomplish, right? Because we know there's a variety of financing options out there. And each of those financing options are going to have a specific type of credit score requirement, right? Mm -hmm. So let's keep it very, very simple uh, for the sake of the time that we have left to us uh, on this show. Let's, everybody knows about FHA, right? Right. And with FHA, the middle score requirement, you have three credit scores, right? The middle score is what the mortgage company is going to use. And they say, hey... If you have a 620 middle score and everything else falls in line with your application, you'll qualify, right? Right. So you're trying to get to a, five, a 580 of what you mentioned all the way up to a 620, right? And that's for FHA. And that's for FHA financing, right? And we'll leave it for another episode when we talk about the depth of some of those details of, the, of FHA. Okay. But if you're trying to get to a 620, Something as simple as what we just mentioned is paying down those credit card balances. It can shoot you up to 620, 630, even right. 640. In some cases, you'll be surprised how much of an increase you can have to put you in a really good position to be able to buy a house. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I was leading to that to say, you know, it's not just a two point increase or like a five point increase. Like this could be a significant 
increase just for paying down your debts. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's like, it's definitely case by case as to how much of an improvement is, right? Uh, but I could tell you that the improvement tends to be very, very significant. Um, I wouldn't say less than 30 points for sure. Oh, wow. uh, but again, that's always case by case. But for the most part, you can expect, you know, a 25 to a 50 point increase just like that. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So now, okay. So now when I get my tax return, um, is all of this to say that once I have my money or is this a case by case scenario? Like, should I just say, Oh, I got $3,000 and I want to buy a house this year. I'm going to pay off all my credit cards. Uh, you know, I think that you have to look at it. Um, and th again, this is why we're doing the show, right? So we can prepare people to kind of pump the brakes and really kind of game plan. Like, where is this money being distributed to and why? Right. right. And there's different things that we can actually talk about. And we're just talking about credit for now, but you really need to have a very good clear picture or action plan as to what money needs to be distributed for what purpose. Right. And that right. way you can decide like where to put the money to. So for the sake of what you just asked me, since we're just talking about credit, mm -hmm. paying down those credit card balances is super duper important. Right. But what if you're a circumstance of someone who might have an outstanding collection? Right. right. And it's a collection that you and I know can cause a red flag with mortgage companies. Mm -hmm. they may ask you to pay it down and they may not ask you to pay it down. Right. And the only way that most people will know other than looking at Google and trying to find the information on their own, right. Is by sitting down with somebody and saying, Hey, listen, those credit card balances aren't very important to pay down to get your scores higher. Uh, but this item, this collection item might be something that we have to think about as well because it can cause everything to stop. Interesting. So right. it's not just getting money and then I'm just going to pay, 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 collection, pay, 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 pay. There's actually a, almost like a strategy behind this process. Uh, absolutely, man. Because if think about it, man, if you increase your credit scores to a 620 to a 640, right. then you have a specific, let's say non-medical collection. And it's a collection, maybe you owed an apartment, right? That you're still disputing with them, right? You're arguing with them. I'm not paying it. And let's say you ended up owing $2,500. Okay. Well, FHA has a guideline to this up to the year to date that they say, hey, uh, either you pay that off, right? And show us proof that you paid it off or you make a payment arrangement with them. And then you have to show that you've made at least three payments before you get pre-approved. Mm, okay. Right? And so having this information at hand is super helpful because it kind of allows people to prepare themselves to say, man, you know what? Uh, let me not invest myself emotionally and mentally into the excitement of buying a house. Let me prepare for all the red flags that could occur, right? Gotcha. To make the right decision. And even something in addition to that, imagine this, Jonathan, is if you have a collection, right? Mm -hmm. The statutory limits of when a collection can stay on your credit report is seven years from the last payment, right? And if you ever look at the credit report, the date of last activity, that's the last time you made a payment, right? Right. So depending on the person's time frame and their circumstance, 
if we know that an account, that specific account is going to accomplish seven years in March, do you think it would be wise to tell somebody, hey, pay this off, use $2,500, pay this off when we're sitting in the month of February? Or just wait one month. Just wait a month, <laughs> right? It'll come off, right? Right. And so it's advice like that, that you and I both like to tell our people, our clients, mm -hmm. so that they make the best financial sound decisions, right? So, so but again, yeah, money. but again, it really just kind of depends on the time frame of the person. Um, there's times that sure. maybe next year might be the right time. Maybe you want to wait a year for an item to fall off so that you don't have to pay it, right? Right. Now, is it possible... <laughs> Because I know there's some people that are probably like, well, my score is a, a 450 or I don't even have credit. Is it possible, depending on the timeline, for them to increase it significantly in a short amount of time? Is it possible for them to increase their credit scores in a short amount of time is what you asked me, right? Yes. With, yeah, with, I, with money that they get in, like if they're paying down debts or if they're looking through their report and see. Yeah, collections. absolutely. So if somebody's like in a very short time frame, there's actually a a, a, a different mindset to have more or less or different strategies and techniques. So, or, or actually, I'm sorry, let me just rephrase this. So not a short time frame, but if someone's saying, well, I have a 450, so I know I'm not going to be ready for two years or a year. Is there something that you can tell them to say, Hey, that's not always the case or. All right. So if somebody has a very low credit score and they have the time you're saying, if they have one or two years, well, they, they think they have one or two years or they don't know, or let's oh, say they, they can move next good. month, but they're not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that mindset really comes from not knowing, right. And not having the knowledge of understanding how close you might be. Right. 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 And in a lot of cases, um, you know, every circumstance is going to be a little bit different. Right. But let's take that person. Let's take that circumstance of somebody who has, they're in the four hundreds. Right. Mm -hmm. And they just have no idea how to improve their credit scores, right? And much of that situation really kind of depends what's on their credit report, what kind of balances are there. Now, when somebody has 400 credit scores, it typically means that they don't have any kind of positive behavior, active positive behavior to show their payment history, to show how they're utilizing their balances, right? Right. So the very key thing when it comes to someone like that is really having a revolving credit card, mm. right? And what's that? As a revolving credit card, that's a good question. So revolving, like in your, cre in your credit report, you're going to see revolving and you're going to see installment loans. An installment loan basically is something like an auto loan, a student loan. And um, when you pay off those balances, they close the account, right? Right. And so it was helping your behavior and your credit scores while you were making the payments. But as soon as that account closes, the credit bureaus can no longer look at that as a behavior. A hmm. credit card, when you pay it down to zero, does it close or does it stay open? It stays open. It stays open. So the only really way it closes is if you actually call them and say, hey, can you close my account? because right. I don't trust myself on how to utilize <laughs> this money, right? And that's actually a very, very big no-no. I mean, I have a credit card back when I had terrible credit. I mean, I think I've had it since like, whew, I don't know, maybe 2008, 2007, <laughs> high interest okay. rate and everything. I just don't use it, but I don't close it either. Right. Right, because the age of history of that credit card is helping my credit scores as well. Nice. So a piece of advice, 
don't close your credit card accounts. Keep them open, even though if you're not going to use them. If it has an annual fee, just pay the annual fee. It's still worth it to keep that age, right? And does, and does the limit help you on that open credit card? Yeah, absolutely. The higher the credit limit, the better. Uh, but I would say for somebody that has, you know, the high 400 credit scores or whatnot, you know, don't, don't worry about, you know, having a higher credit limit. Just worry about having a credit card, right? Right. Because the idea of having a credit card in general, it's going to help your credit scores, right? And it, you might see an immediate, an immediate impact. You might see a 50-point increase. Maybe it'll take you to 530, 550. Um, and then over time, within five months, six months, eight months, you start seeing that credit score go up even higher. As long as okay. you're paying on time and you're utilizing the balances at a very minimum level, right? So the idea there is to use the card, pay it in full. Use the card, pay it in full, okay? Great. So they're not doomed if they don't have credit or if they have a low credit. They're no, still absolutely old. not, man. You know, the behavior of scores increasing is something very small and minimal of something you can do almost immediately. And uh, does it necessarily mean that you can buy a house right away? Absolutely not. But I think the main thing that you and I are really trying to kind of deliver here is not to be discouraged, right? Right. Because there are little techniques of, of being able to lift those credit scores up and taking care of some of the stuff that maybe has been uh, blemishing the credit scores, like the collections and the charge-offs, things of that nature. Does that stuff have, still have to be cleaned up? Yeah, possibly, right? Sure. Uh, but the main thing here is that, you know, don't lose hope uh, mm. because it's something as simple as getting a secured credit card or check this trick out. And this sometimes applies. It, again, it's circumstantial. Okay. If you have a loved one, <laughs> a cousin, a wife, Amelia. a relative, somebody that <laughs> loves you. Make sure they love you. Make sure they love you. <laughs> they can actually request <clears throat> to have you added on their credit card that has good history, that has a very minimum balance. You can actually have that person added to that credit card as an authorized user. Okay. And so that's a little trick right there, right? So I hope people are listening there. And what does that the, do? So what that does is that you inherit, like, let's say I have the high 400 credit scores. Jonathan, you love me to death. And I say, <laughs> Jonathan, man, can you do me a favor, man? I really want to get my credit scores higher. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> all right. All right. I got you. <laughs> then I would say, hey, here's my date of birth. Here's my information. Um, something as simple as, some credit card companies don't even ask for the social security number. Just your name and date of birth can connect you to your uh, social security number sometimes, right? Okay. So what happens is that if you had a credit card that you added me on and you had a 10-year history, a small balance on it or no balance, I inherit all the positive of that account when it comes up on my credit report. Okay. Right? And That's so awesome. what happens to my scores? <laughs> All right. And again, it tip. may not be put you in a position to buy a house, but it can make a difference in, in that increase in credit scores. And now all of a sudden, potentially, because your score is up higher, guess what? Some of the, you know, those credit card companies with the high interest rates, all of a sudden you start getting a mail. Right? Oh, yeah. You to apply for your own credit <laughs> card because they realize that the algorithm of your scores just shot up that you might be a potential person to qualify, right? 
And then the question becomes, should we apply for that? And I would say, yeah, absolutely. Have your own specific credit card, even if you have a high interest rate, because all you got to really do is make sure you're paying it in full every month and you're not paying interest at that point. Right. And that's whether it's secured or not secured. Yeah. Whether it's secured or not secured at that point. Right. So, um, so the idea there is not to lose hope. Um, even if you're a person at a high 400s and you're utilizing, utilizing some of these techniques, uh, to get your scores higher and maybe they haven't reached the 620, 640 mark. Um, there's still a, a possibility that we still have to, or you will have to actually go into your credit report and look at what else is in there that could be a collection, a charge of something that might stop you uh, from being able to put, put yourself in a good position to you know, qualify and get pre-approved. Right, awesome advice, man. Um, so now, if I want to see what's on my credit report, there's, I know there's Credit Karma, uh, Credit Sesame, what, what are some sources and what should I look out for um, when I have the money and I say, I know my credit's like a 450 because I saw it on Credit Karma, what am I looking for um, and how accurate is that for me to do it myself or, or not do it myself? Uh, credit karma. There's a lot of, you know, credit monitoring services out there. Probably the most important thing that people need to know. And a lot of people already kind of do know is that they're not accurate credit scores, but they are good tools to use, uh, to really dictate exactly, um, where your scores are, um, and what can help it improve it and what can actually hurt you. Right. So credit karma is one of them. Smart credit is another one. Identity IQ is another one. Some of those services are free um, and some of them you have to pay for. But guess what? If you're really serious and if you're mentally prepared to start, you know, recovering and getting your scores to where they need to be, or even if you're somebody who has a 600, 620, 640 credit score and you're trying to get that better interest rate by bringing your scores higher, spending 30 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month to save you thousands and thousands of dollars in interest I would say it's worth it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. So, um, but you know what, man, I'm seeing the time here. I think we're running, we're running uh, short on time and I know we're trying to keep these shows uh, as minimum as possible yes. uh, so that we make sure we're capturing people's attention. Um, we appreciate everybody uh, that's listening. Um, if you liked it, comment, let us know uh, what you liked about it and what you want us to talk about. And um, that's it. You got anything for them, Jonathan? I just uh, enjoy this uh, experience right now, starting this off. I think this is going to be great for anybody listening. Um, if you do get something out of it, or if you want to know more, like Jose said, definitely just leave it in the comments and uh, we're, we'll, we're going to keep these going. Um, and we just, you know, we just love to hear some feedback. So uh, just thank you for listening and watching. And uh, we hope to see you. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. If you have any questions, let us know. Awesome. God bless. Take care. Thank you.